G'day, everybody. It's time for a very, very special Saundo and Redders NDCASD podcast where we've got a cast of thousands. And this podcast is David Redden attempting to keep Dan Saunders to 45 or 50 minutes and failing miserably normally. First of all, the guru is here himself, Dan Saunders. Hello, Saundo. G'day, Redders. How are you going? Please welcome from the Port Stevens Pythons, Josh Moxie. Welcome, Josh. Hello, Josh. Hey, gentlemen. Good to be here. And from the Mirror Weather Queer Club. Looking, I believe he's trying to watch the cricket at the same time like the others are. I'm, I haven't got the cricket on at the moment. I've got, I've got two iPads working. Rowan Kelly, great to have you back, mate. Hey, guys. How you going? Yeah, I am watching both Thank things you. at the time. Yeah. We might turn a few more wickets. <laughs> so if you hear a yell in the background, ladies and gentlemen, you'll know that Australia's oh, continuing yeah, to take yeah. wickets. Yeah, on, on the, the, the dust bowl, they think that, that they're trying to call the Hume Highway over there and indoor. Right, oh, it's just Genuinely, yeah, it is. No one, obviously, the the rules that everywhere else in the world in the world do not apply in India. Even in Pakistan, they they at least make flat belters, and they still were great tests. Uh, it just it just it, it it doesn't sit right that we produce pretty good decks in Australia, and you go over there and they're deliberately making pitches to shoot Ravi Chandranashwin and Ravindra Jadeja, and they don't even need extra wickets. They're that good. I agree. It's um, and what's the ICC going to do? Absolutely nothing. Oh, the the ICC should have the board should should be just called ICC for India. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's the way it, that's the way it looks to me, gentlemen. Lots to get through. We've got uh, a quick review of what games last week. First round of the finals. We'll talk Newcastle Chile Brothers, and there was a very big performance in first division this week of, of one that I know of, and I know Dan will be. Um, going through the, the stats for us and then a bit of a review with uh, Joshua on um, running into the West Rosellas and running into a guy who made his Sheffield Shield debut this week in, in, at, at, down there at Lavie, which is a remarkable thing that a guy can play Summer Bash on a Sunday against the Rebels and then head to Lavington and play for the Sheffield Shield. Yeah, best okay. seat in the house for it, though. You did indeed. Two washouts on the weekend, Port Stevens and Redhead. Oh, correction, one washout. The washout was Waterboard and Journeyman. And that was at Hexham, which I believe there's quite a bit to talk about here, but I believe that was called off earlier in the week after the rain. And then a fourth at Redhead, unfortunately, fall for to the, um, Josh's Port Stevens Pythons. Rowan Kelly's Merriweather absolutely pogoed Cardiff Lullaroo. 182 for nine for Merriweather, again, batting their 40. And Cardiff out, ladies and gentlemen, for 46. Remarkable. Nelson Bay, 8 for 233, including an extraordinary performance for Hamish Barton, which we'll talk about later. And the Mud Rats are all out for 58. And the only other game played was the game of the round by so far, it's not funny. Warners Bay, 148 off 39 overs. And Dan Saunders will talk about this because they didn't have 40. And the Rose Scholars got him in the last over, 5 for 149. What a game of cricket that was. Rowan Kelly, let's go to you first. Um, what a performance from your lads against Cardiff. This is just the sort of performance you'd be looking for going to the finals. That's a just a complete destruction of Cardiff Bulleroo. Yeah, it was pretty good. I didn't play, so they must have did um did well. I was uh, I was down in Sydney with my daughter's nippers on, so I had the weekend off. But I ran out of battery by following um the, the My Cricket, which actually worked pretty good um for once. And um yeah, it was a pretty good performance. I'm uh, we we st- <laughs> <laughs> we started pretty well going by my cricket and then um, we fell on a bit of a hole, but yeah, come away at the end pretty well with a pretty good score. But from all reports, Cardiff number two was a bit of a belter, so um, it was a good toss to win and bat first. But um, yeah, the boys bowled well in the second dig, which was good. Cardiff number two is, when it's done properly, it's a great deck. It's just a really good flat cricket pitch. It's, it's good to bat on. Uh, Sorno pulled down and some more runs, 56. A uh, couple of other chippings down below. Two first to Wazir Muhammad Umar and Viral Mehta and Vikram Sharma. Um, that Cardiff would have, would have thought themselves on a flat deck. They were a reasonable chance after getting Merriweather at 182 after 40 on the foot because 182 is just above par and at that deck it's probably right on par. Yeah, look, Paul Dan, I mean, we've been talking a lot about in the last few weeks what he's been doing with the ball. Um, a couple of great performance with the ball for Merriweather, um, which, I mean, this, they had second spot pretty much uh, locked. Well, they locked it in with this victory, but um, kept them in that position with those great performances with a five for and a four for there over the last two weeks. 
uh, steered the first half of the innings. There was a bit of a middle order collapse, um, six for 128. I got to this ground, uh, this game was about 12 overs to go, and I stayed till the end of the innings. And um, Trey Rash DeSale needs to get a shout out. He batted really well at 23 off 29 on paper. Doesn't look like much, but he's come in when the middle orders sort of let Merrill down. They lost three for one there, uh, wickets three, four, and five. And again, I just can't say that. Merrill, they just always find a way. I mean, when I used to play them, it frustrated the hell out of me. <laughs> now, I was just an observer, I respect the hell out of them. They just find a way to bat 40 overs. And I know I bang on about that, but in this game, uh, not as, um, I guess, um, important because Cardiff have just come out and crapped the bed. But by knuckling down in that sort of 28 to 34 overs, then allowed James Pride to come in, tee off at the end with overs up their sleeves, supported by Tim Hodges. Um, they end up getting to their 49 for 182. Cardiff Bullery would have backed themselves with a bat, but again, they've just gone out all guns blazing. And unfortunately, it failed miserably. James Pride had it on a string. Um, you look at those bowling figures, um, and if Praddy, I believe those that three for three, three those three wickets were in his second over, so it was seven down with Pride, could have got an eighth over, those figures could have been anything. But James Pride, five for ten off seven, and Praddy, three for three from two. Um, they've gone after Trophy, they've swung the bat, but if you just look at the four of the wickets, four for 18, five for 30, six for 35, they're never in the hunt. Um, a crushing victory for Merriweather. Uh, Congratulations, Rowan, locking in a top two position. Um, so not only a guaranteed second bite of the cherry, but hosting rights pretty much through um, win, lose or draw through to week four, if you make it. So well done. Yeah, cheers. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I spoke to a few of the boys and they were pretty happy with the performance. But once again, we've got a, you know, we've got a pretty tough game this week, which I'm sure we'll get to. So um, it was nice to, to sew up second spot, but obviously it all starts again this weekend and, um, you know, this weekend is really important because you get the second by, you know, the in the prelim final in two weeks. So that's what's um, obviously, you know, part of what we want to get done too. But, um, yeah, Jace Pratton, he got a bowl and got a couple of wickets. But, yeah, Paul Dan's winched to me all week at work about not getting a bowl. And I said, well, I wasn't there, mate, to give you a bowl. So, um, yeah, he's, he's bloody, you know, at 88st, he's got it. Constant. I said he got a few runs. That's what you're in the team for, mate. The bats. Well, he so. was he was scoring too when I got there. He'd already. Got Jeez, well, I'll tell you one thing, Saunders. No, that is one thing he doesn't do. So I don't know what happened there. He's not a scorer <laughs> normally. Well, Tucker, so. Tucker got lost on one of his laps. I think. Well, Tucker <laughs> should have done. If I could just interject, so. whenever you hear Dan Saunders commentate uh, on, on the live streaming, he's actually usually got a scorebook in his own hand. I can tell you from experience, scoring and commentating is not an easy thing to do. And I can also tell you that Dan Saunders has got it mastered. He's actually quite a good scorer, uh, technically a good scorer. Trust me, I'm telling you, he's a good scorer. Next game for review was at Connolly Park and uh, Mary Ellen at least uh, got a side together. They had nine men. And unfortunately for them, they couldn't get 11. Nelson May, eight for 233 off 40. And the standout performance, and I'm sure this is going to be top five in Dan's Chili Brothers, Hamish Bartlett, 149 of 102 with 17 and 6. He's absolutely ridiculous. Out of a score of 233, that is an absolutely superb performance from a bloke, I'm telling you. He's a very, very good cricketer. Doug Rowland made 26. Cranfie Somerseti, 20. Um, and look, you look at that batting performance and then you go to Jayton Pamani's performance with the ball. Six overs, four for 20, Saundo. And gentlemen, and Mox, you might want to come in here. Just an explosive performance from a very dangerous cricketer and Hamish Bartlett, everybody. Um, Mox, we'll go to you first, if you like. Yeah, no, absolutely right there, Redders. Um, I haven't seen much of Hamish this year. It was touted at the start of the year, the big pickup for Nelson Bay and coming into the finals, he's firing. So I guess he might put um, Nelson Bay in a position this weekend against Carter Fullaroo to... Um, you know, go through the week two of the finals. Yeah, 149 off 102. It's a pretty good uh, place to bat. There's some pretty big scores and a couple of hundreds there this year at Connolly Park. So he cashed in and um, and good on him. So, um, so I, I can't believe Jetton Pamani's performance. Four for 20 with six overs, one maiden, four for 20 out of 233s. Um, a superb effort, but that Hamish Bartlett, I would have loved to see him. I've seen him back before. Unfortunately, I've seen him knock us around the grand final many years ago at number one. Um, he can whack them, and 
he uh, if he can be there in the finals, the, the Turtles could cause some problems, particularly for that CNB's Nelson Bay game could be six or seven and over both sides this weekend. Yeah, look, I was at this game before I got out to Cardiff. Um, I saw, was at all three games there at some point. And yeah, look, Hamish was in. You know, he was doing Hamish Bartlett things. When he's on, there's not too many better batsmen to watch in Newcastle cricket. Um, to be fair, though, the Mary Ellen Mudrats, they only had nine players. Yep. All nine fellas have had a bowl. Yep. Um, Friday, they'd been at a wedding at the Vineyards. There was talk that they may not have even made the game Saturday. So I want to give them a wrap for turning up and playing round 19 in a game where they couldn't finish anywhere but last. You know, on another day, another team might have forfeited. But credit to the Mary Ellen for toughing out to the final round of the season. Um, but they were on the end of Hurricane Hamish Bartlett, 149 of 102. Um, Panani's figures, they stack up well. Um, I would suggest he bowled quite smart, whatever I'm back, give Hamish the single and then attack the other end. Because as you look at uh, Bartlett's strike rate of 146, not too many of them have come off um, from Nani, and he's actually bowled him in the end. So, yeah, as a one-man show there for Nelson Bay, in reply, game the batting, Liam Nicole, 23, Jordan Slambus, 25, there's 48. The other seven have got 10 between them. They couldn't wait to get home. Um, just one of those performances. Nelson Bay, with that win, though, has secured seventh with the journeyman only getting two points from their washout in eighth. So, as you said, we'll talk about it shortly, Nick, for the, the finals. But Cardiff v Nelson Bay, two teams that like to just get on with it from ball one. Um, I don't think it'll be going to six o'clock, even if Cardiff do take a few hours to get their overs in. It's going to be a fast <laughs> game. And... It's act- he's actually got there and done it. Okay. I was waiting for that. <laughs> got a mouth this big. You may as well use it, Redders. Um, Saunders yeah, soapbox, ladies and gentlemen. Here it will, is. That will be the... Of the, of the four finals in Division 1 on the weekend, that'll be the most entertaining in my book. Um, while, while we're there, before we go to an absolutely superb game of cricket between the Scholars and the Bay, Dan, just quickly, what happened um, uh, between uh, the two West sides? I believe that, uh, and this, this is factual, this is not opinion, Shelley, I believe that game was caught off quite early due, due to some issues at Hexham. Is that correct? My, my understanding... Um, and I want to be careful what I say because I, I, I don't want to inadvertently upset anyone. Um, but That'd be as unusual. We'll, as, we'll, as we'll remember last Wednesday, we had that absolutely massive storm. Yep. Newcastle and surrounding got, I mean, King Street was flooded in areas. I know in Toronto, Cardiff, all around the traps, there's some heavy deluges. Um, we know Hexham's on a floodplain, it's on a swamp. Um, difficult to get a wicket up at the best of times. My understanding was that there was discussions um, on the Thursday that the ground wouldn't be up for Saturday. Um, it's also my understanding that no one had the um, nous to contact the association request a potential ground change. Now, to be fair, there's never spare turf wickets. But round 19 and there's forfeits coming in late. Whether there were spare grounds or not, I don't know. I can't answer that. Um, I guess the bit I found disappointing is what both clubs are from the both teams are from the same club, and that they couldn't communicate together um, to work together to get a game. Um, frustrating for the competition. I feel for the water board they missed out on the opportunity to play for fourth spot um, with two points. Rogue scores only had to win, and, and as it turned out, Rogue scores beat Warners Bay, which we'll talk about shortly. So they could yep. have only finished fifth anyway. Um, the journeymen have finished eighth, so they'll play. Well, they'll play the water ball. That'll be an interesting game. Um, but yeah, I don't believe there was any shenanigans by any means. Um, we all know what Hexham's like, um, and I just dare say that won't happen this Saturday. We'll, we'll leave it at that, gentlemen. A great game of cricket, um, Warners Bay and the Rose Scholars at Islington, and somehow. Warners Bay have lost after being none for 76 in the first innings of the game. Um, yeah, superb bowling performance, particularly deep. We'll get the guys to go through this. Yeah. Giles Manley made 50, Grant Reardon 31, Scott Burns 25, Ollie Knight 25 not. But um, Rowan Kelly and Josh, I'll get you to both comment on this. One of the things that Dan Saunders has been saying for the 18 months that we've been in this podcast is you've got to bet your overs out. 
and Warner's Bailex left six balls in the shed, and it might have actually cost him, gentlemen, on this occasion. Josh, did you want to go? I think we're having some con some connectivity issues at, with Rowan. Over to you, Josh. Yeah, no, I'll jump. I'll jump in on that one. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a tight game with Rogue chasing down the last six balls themselves, leaving any amount of balls out there. We can even pick up even a handful of runs or a boundary in those last overs. It's crucial. So, um, a bit of a probably a bit of a shock, but um, Warners Bay cruising at the top and Rogue Scholar with a lot to play for. It's um, it may have been a contributing factor as well in that, but Giles Manley and Grant got them off to a cracking start. And when I was watching along, I sort of thought, oh, this could be a big score out at um, at, Fayen, or at Islington, sorry. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Rogues pulling back really well. We've got a couple of uh, guys picking up three wickets apiece and Corey Bruce for two as well. So um, a really good performance from the Rogue Scholar. Um, and then to chase it down with five wickets, they've set up their chase to, to bat the 40 overs. Um, and give themselves every chance and, and led by their skipper, um, Pat Constantine. Uh, Rowan, I think it's fair to say that the last spell from Dean Chajanovsky's uh, that could have actually changed the balance of this match because he's taken the 9, 10, and 11 have gone 2 naught naught. Chajanovsky got all of them by bowling straight and he's ended up with 3 for 40, but that last spell's really um, made a big, a subtle difference in this game, Rowan. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a good player for them. He's one of their better bowlers. He's He's been injured a little bit of late, so he's back and, and finished off the innings well there. And, um, yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, in the end, Warners Bay didn't really have too much to play for, but a bit of nick. But, um, yeah, Rogue had, you know, the fourth spot to play for and, um, yeah, did well to pull him back after a good start. But, um, yeah, I mean, Pat Considine's a very good player with bad end ball. So, um, yeah, I'm not surprised to see him on the score sheet doing well. Saundo, um, in reply, Pat Considine, 54 of 109, didn't need to bat fast and he actually didn't. And then some chip-ins, Andrew Townsend, eight, uh, 25, 21 not out from Jason France and Damien Gover, eight not out. And none of them batted quickly other than Jason France. And they've got home with uh, three balls left in the shed, Saundo. A pretty good um, and clever and disciplined run chase. Yeah, very much so. Look, the Rogue Scholars, they've... Um... I guess the sleeper team this year. It was interesting to see how they go. Their first year coming across the suburban districts with these other, I guess, settled teams. Because um, they were a combination of last year's or the previous Rogue Scholars and the Adamstown Rosebuds. Uh, Pat Considine, that's his, I mean, quite me wrong, that may have been his third half century. You can see, I know we got 50 odd not out against Redhead as well. I'm not sure against the Pythons, Josh, if you can. I know you didn't play last week. Um, nah, 38 he got against us but yeah he's been in good, good touch yeah. so yeah look I just want to go back to the bowling effort of we're, we've really um, complimented Trajanovsky, Tredenik and Considine but I, funny enough I was at this game for a while as well and the spell of Jeremy Baxter bowling left arm orthodox 8 overs 2 maidens 3 for 12 he's knocked over both openers just that, as you said that um, opening partnership of 76 they were 1 for 77 even say no wicket for 76. They lost five for 14 to be five for 90. Um, Scott Burns did well 25. Oliver Knight, young 18-year-old um, wicketkeeper, that 25 off 38 was a massive innings from him in the context because Warners Bay, as you see, their tail grimy. They cut the others normally, the tail wags. But And no disrespect to Dean Trajanovsky, but um, he's got to be one of the best tail end bowlers in this competition. Sure, he opens, but the way he's able to mop up innings, he took a hat-trick... Um, against the journeyman about three weeks ago um, in a game that the journeyman ended up like, getting home just on the buzzer. That was another nine wicket down game. But um, the Rogue Scholars, I'm just having a look here. I've just kept a, a sheet. Well, now, they've won their last three and four of their last five to lock in fourth spot. And they, the and, last... they, and they actually had a, they had a stumble in the middle of the season. So you were saying they need to get cracking. Well, well but... they must have listened to you because they bloody well have. <laughs> Well, between rounds eight and round 14, they had four losses and two washouts. And we fall, fell down to as low as six. Um, but if we look at that same comparison, the last five games, Rogue scores won four and lost one. If we look at Merriweather, they had three wins and a tie with one loss. That's really good form leading in the finals. Warners Bay, they've lost their last two. And they won three before that. But the first of those three wins, it could have easily been three on the trot losses. Cardiff Bullaroo had them on toast. 
Yep. Uh, that was a real hot game. They got the runs nine down. And the other team are the Pythons. If we look at their last five, they've won four of their last five. So there's some pretty impressive form going into the finals. Um, Warners Bay um, is, is the team that's, you know, I won't mention the phrase we used last week. My ears are still ringing. But... Um, are you referring to a term that... Uh, are you referring to the Collywobbles term? By I may or may not be. Yeah. Okay. Um, Why are they ringing? I just explained what it meant. That's all. I didn't go a crack. Python's in great form and the Rogue Skull is in uh, <laughs> great form. And, and the Rogue Skull is not only in great form, but they've been knocking off the teams around them on the ladder. They haven't been easy wins to get into the four. They've beat the, the minor premiers. And the week before, they, you know, some might say cost the Pythons a second. Because the Pythons are in second spot. And I know Josh is here. Um, a victory by the Pythons there, they finished second, the way results have panned out. So the Rogue Scholars form had a huge impact on all the teams around them. Gentlemen, that's a perfect segue. We have a cracking first weekend of finals. These first two games are qualifiers. Um, and Warners Bay, Merriweather and Port Stephens and the Rose Scholars are basically playing to have a rest and host the preliminary final. So it's Warners Bay hosting the Rose, Rose Scholars at Fayham. Merriweather and Port Stephens at Conley. What a game of cricket that's going to be. And then in the sudden death cup throat elimination finals, it's the West Derby, West Waterboard and West Union. And let me tell you, from the whisper I've heard, there might be quite a bit of spice in that game. It might be very interesting. And then Cardiff Ballaroo hosts Nelson Bay at Cardiff number two. Dan, let's go with, with our special guest on. Let's go straight to Merriweather and Port Stevens. Guys, I'm going to hand over to you to uh, how you want to handle this, but this should be a great game of cricket. Two, two game, all of you guys, please chip in as you see it. Two teams in great form. To very deep sides, bat, ball, fielding, smart skippers, smart people on both sides, good spinners as well. And I think that's important. Guys, over to you. How do you see this game unfolding? Well, I'll, I'll jump in, Josh. I bet you you're happy that there's every chance it won't be raining this weekend. So oh, I just got the, the first forecast one. up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the yeah, last we've... two games we've played has been impacted by weather before, during, and, and after, I suppose, the game. So, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward um, to, you know, both teams hopefully um, having a good wicket and try weather to, to, you know, put their best foot forward for the match. Yeah, has, sorry. yeah, I was going to say, we've already commented in-house uh, in that we've always played wet weather games against Merriweather and we're hopeful just to get a dry deck to... You know, get a game that's not going to be impacted with Duckworth Force. I think both the games this year have been, and, and we've always mm -hmm. had sort of wet weather, which has been sort of constant the last couple of years. So, yeah, absolutely, Rowan, I agree with that, and should be a cracking game at, at Connolly. Yeah, just for the people listening, that's actually a stat that my book of notes here. But in the preliminary round, mm -hmm. so round three at King Park 5, Pythons batted first, batted their 48 for 122, um, with a, yeah, skipper's not there from yourself, Josh, I believe a 40th. Um, 15 overs, Merriweather batted one for 59 and won that fixture on DLS. And then in the return match at Connolly Park, uh, Merriweather were bowled out for 101. And then Lee Williams has uh, gone ballistic, none for 97 off 15. And the Pythons won that on DLS. I'd have to say that that's probably the only time in this entire competition across all grades that two teams have met each other, home and away, and both games have been DLS results so if i get if there's a flurry of phone calls about 4 30 this saturday and it's raining in parts of newcastle it could be someone saying hey do you have your dls calculator handy um yeah the, the weather forecast is terrific hot but terrific um uh, rowan first of all to you has con given the amount and quality and depth of spinners playing in this game how has the Connolly wicket when it's been able to be prepared normally in good weather in the back half of the season. How has it behaved? Is it is it conducive to spinners or is it a reasonably even deck in the second half of the season? Oh, I mean, it, it doesn't always look at, you know, like the flashes wicket, but I, I must admit it um, always plays pretty well. And I mean, we, we chased down 160 odd there a fortnight ago um, on a pitch, a pitch that was, you know, seemed like they're deteriorating a little bit, but um yeah, it's it's a fast outfield. The wicket's always pretty good. Um, you know, it, it, no matter what the, the opposite, you know, whoever bats first, 
you know, if they can score 200, there's every chance to, you know, second innings you can pace it down. So, yeah, spin spin plays a factor, but I wouldn't say it's not what I'm doing at the moment, Redders. Um, certainly not. Um, it's, uh, you know, just, you know, it, it's a pretty good pitch. I, that's I always enjoyed playing there. And I'm sure Josh, Josh probably agrees with me to a certain degree. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a run fest sometimes, most of the time, actually. I don't know if the fence is up around it yet. Is it up there at Sorno? There's just about completed the poles, but there's no uh, mesh or anything to stop the ball down yeah. through it. As, can- as cancel the burn enjoying that last fortnight then. Oh, wish I had my time again when I was a kid. They said, if you don't amount anything, you end up working with the council. <laughs> I think it would have been a pretty good gig just quietly. <laughs> yes. Okay, gentlemen, political correctness leads me to lead to this, this conversation in another direction. Um, Josh, everybody uh, fit and rare any go at Port Stephens and in particular, the uh, old man, old man, father time, um, Jason Everly, he, he's ready to rock and roll again, is he? Yeah, he bowled a couple overs in the nets just before he's ready to go. So, yeah, we should be at full strength, um, barring any late minute pullouts, but semi-finals time, you don't have those uh, Friday night phone calls, thankfully. So, yeah, just uh, I'm a, imagine Merriweather probably going to be the same, pretty strong side, and they usually are, um, no matter who they roll out. So, yeah, look, really looking forward to the challenge. And, um, yeah, I'll just touch on the spinners too. Connolly Park, um, always a good cricket wicket. But we've got four really good spinners here. And we they don't need a Bunsen burner to take wickets. They bowl good areas. They stick to their plan. You know, a lot of spinners we've seen in this competition and sort of you know, our type of cricket, they can throw their head down if they get spacked, spacked around a little bit. But Tyron Jace, Jimmy and Stephen, they're all quality. They... You know, they understand that's the game. Sometimes they're going to go, but they stick to their plan. You know, little variations or natural variation off the wicket, they can do damage on any surface. So they'll play a massive part for both sides, I'd imagine. Let's go to, um, just before we, we'll get some, we'll get some tips now, just to go to the others. I, I think this, Saunder, yeah, you've got something to say, mate, but I think that's the, the, the game of the weekend. I think that'll be an absolutely fantastic game of cricket. Dan, you got your hand up. I know you've got just, something to say. Just before we jump to the other games, just I just I don't mean to put you both on the spot, but if I can ask you both same question, um, who is and, and if there's more than one, feel free. But who's the one player on the opposition that you feel is is uh, I guess the main the one who's going to stop you from winning? Who's the who's the danger person from the opposition? I guess. I'll, uh, I'll go first row, pretty quiet there. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's a difficult one. Stephen Pryor can do it with bat and ball in hand. He, he batted really well against us uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago now out at Connolly Park, but a quality spinner, but Jimmy Pride as well. Um, look, there's, you can pick anyone. Jason Pratton's had a fantastic year, both bat and ball. Paul Dan's had a fantastic year, bat and ball. But if I had to just pick one, I'll, I'll go Stephen Pryor because he's batting in the... The middle order, he can sort of um, pull back in innings when they've lost a couple of quick ones or he can come out and play his shots. And I touched on him before with the ball in hand. He's a fantastic spinner, so we'll go Pridey. Rowan? Yeah, I, I must admit, um, you know, Pythons have got you know, a, st- a team stacked full of very good players. So, you know, they open up really well. And I, I don't know what Josh's batting order is looking like, but Josh and Lee Williams up the top are very um, hard to get. And obviously Josh's brother Jarrah is hard. And yeah, you know, Kirky's very good with the ball as well. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll just say we'll attack the captain. Eh? We'll go after Josh. <laughs> That's right. I'll just give you <laughs> the easy. But I could, but I, but I could name eleven there um, yeah. to Saundo. So um, oh, oh, you two, you two like to be too nice, though. You've been such gentlemen. <laughs> and I, again, look, thank you for joining us. We're it's, uh, we're both uh, on behalf of Dan. We really appreciate giving your time. That really do we. I love love the fact that you're giving you some some inputs. So thank you so much. Um, that should be a great game of cricket. I um I think Warners Bay have got a big challenge on their, t- their hands this weekend against the Scholars. I reckon the Scholars are in. Dan's already said they're in good form. I'm actually going to tip Warners Bay because I think they'll be at full strength. They've had a couple of weeks now where a couple other sides have shown them up, particularly the Rose Scholars. And I think the fact that it's at Fayan is very important. The fact that it's at Fayan, it's a quick outfield. It'll probably it's a belter of a deck, hot weather, although you'll get a lovely breeze there from Lake Macquarie. I think that the, the, the planets are aligning. I think Warners Bay will just get home, Jens. Yeah, I think you're, you're bang on, Redders. I think the, the key point that you just said was that it's back at Fayan. So, um, and they're probably smart enough for that loss last week against the Rogue Scholar. They want to get one back. Uh, pretty big game for them. So, yeah, I'm, 
probably leaning towards Warner's Bay, but it should be a pretty good, pretty good game. Rowan? Yeah, I'm with Josh as well. Um, the fact that it's home for Warner's Bay and, um, you know, Jeremy's a very, very good captain who gets his team together. So um, they're not going to make the mistakes of, what would you say, losing five for not many. Um, Fourteen. You know, after, yeah, after a very good start. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be tipping Warner's Bay. So yeah, when, they, when these two teams met in the first round in uh, round, sorry, in round 10, just round one, they were meant to play and it was washed out. Uh, Warners Bay got six for 219 batting first. Giles Manley uh, scored 122. Then they rickrolled um, Rosehall's rally 62. So they've had a win apiece. Um, all the quarterfinalists that have played each other twice this year have split their wins. Um, yeah, I'm... I think I should refrain from giving um, a prediction on all four games just for transparency. Um, that are more than you three to go nuts. Um, just with the page and everything, I don't want to be accused of being biased or uh, starting up the uh, the crap. But um, you mean you, you mean you mean cricket. you mean Dan Port Stevens, Python Saunders. <laughs> well, I'm on journeyman's payroll as well. Last I heard, oh, I, I totally understand, my friend. I, I get yeah, that. No, look, Maryland Lee Python going to be absolutely cracking game, and they've, they've had close games. I know the rain's gotten involved, um, but there's every chance. I mean, regardless of who wins, who loses, the only other time this pair can meet each other is grand final day. Great, and um. I think there's every chance that Merriweather v Pythons could be this year's grand final. Warners Bay. That's a big. A, that's a big call. I, I just have a concern. The only concern is these other teams are in some pretty good form now. Warners Bay got too much depth, very strong. Um, I would expect them to bounce back against Rogue Scholars. Um, the one thing I didn't mention when they beat Rogue Scholars got 219, and then. Rolled in for 62. Considine, Tradenic, and Trajanowski did not play. So they were down, you know, three-fifths of their bowling attack. Uh, not to take anything away, Joel's Manley's been an absolute superstar, the leading run scorer in the competition, and they'll be relying heavily on him to get a start. Um, that game could Richard go down to the toss. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're, those two, uh, I guess, qualifying finals, uh, both getting sick the cracking young cricket. Now onto a game that I think's got more intrigue than any of the others because of back history and rivalries and the fact that they've got the, the same name in front of them. The water. We got a wicket. There. Sorry, dinner up Redders, but we got a wicket. You, you so. did. So we did say there'd be wickets coming through. Kuhneman, Lionel Murphy this time. Uh, Nathan Lyon got Jadeja out. Elbert. Yeah, it looks like the one they need to get Shateshwar Pajara, and if they can get him out, they might sell like a like a deck of cards. Yeah, Gentlemen, just be honest now. Yeah. Gentlemen, Wests and West, waterboard and journeyman, goodness me. Reckon that the umpires will be busy. I think this will be on. I reckon this will be a fantastic game and played at full throttle. Um, I just think the waterboard are a dangerous cricket side. They've both got good players, don't get me wrong. But from my perspective, I just think there's a couple of absolute match winners on the waterboard side. And that's why I think they'll just shade the journeyman. That's my feelings. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll jump in first. Look, uh, when they met in round uh, 10, it was actually the weekend uh, we were in Adelaide watching these games uh, on the live stream. Jacob ah, yes, Rippold. you and your magical mystery tour. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Jacob Rippold actually scored 100 in this game. This was at a time where Hexham Park had been made. Uh, five for 260 waterboard put on the journeyman. Um, and then they uh, got 165 in reply, eight down. I think it's a different journeyman team now to what was going around the middle of the year. A lot of their, um, you know, especially Rowan, but Josh will know this as well, but guys like Dave Sullivan, uh, Paul Gauchy, a uh, fellow at Patterson and Wells scoring runs. Cameron Wells got 100 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Chris Divert, he's in some good form as well. There's a lot of um, experienced cricketers in that lineup. And I know I've said all year, they're the team in the bottom half to look out for. Um if Cronut, if James Earl, if both Rippons perform, it's going to be very hard for the journeyman. But um, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting game because there is a lot of um, uh, niggle there, if you will. Um, I don't know if my uh, my driver will get me out to Hexham as far as on Saturday, but I'll be following that game on the live stream. So I'm hoping it's live scored. 
Uh, but that's got all the ingredients and it's knockout. So everything's going to get left on the park here because come Sunday, one of these teams' season is over. Skippers, gentlemen, your thoughts on this game and a tip, please? Yeah, I'll jump in first. I tend to agree with everything you said. I think the water board probably a little bit too strong across the park, but it's, you know, it's sudden death cricket and Juniman, as Saundo touched on, they've got some pretty handy cricketers in that side as well. So don't rule it out, but you know, I'll put my money on the water board this Saturday. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree with everyone there. I'm going to go with Journeyman. Um, yeah, Chris Dybert, top score. There you go. I yeah, just think they've got experience. Just... They've got experience and, um, you know, good players there. And, I mean, they were down on troops the other day against us and they scored 160. They should have probably scored 200 and something. Um, you know, granted, we bowled they had 100 up in Oh, mate, it was the worst day ever. I'm thinking I've lost the toss on a road on 40 degrees, thinking this is torture. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I just think they've got big experience there. They've got some very good players over the years. And um, I'll be putting my name on Jimmy. And the game that I find the hardest to pick because they've, so many players can do different things here and it'll be played at an absolute crazy run rate. Is Cardiff Baller against Nelson Bay at Cardiff too? Where do you start here? So many individuals can step up. I just think that at the moment, Nelson Bay's got a couple of guys that have individually got them over the line a few times. And on Cardiff Bullaroo's one thing is on occasion, no one goes on past 50. That it happens sometimes when they won well, but when when their batting lineup gets put under pressure occasionally, they don't put a big score on. I so tend to think, kind of think Nelson Bay, although the game's at Cardiff, gents. Um, I had Simon Plummer on my radio show Tuesday night talking up the Nelson Bay Cricket Club. Um, they've been very confident in the last few weeks. They, they're, I guess, uh, they're looking to bring in the big guns. Um, they, they were very confident two weeks ago. They beat Warners Bay, and look what they did. They did beat them. They beat them well. Um, last week, uh, they hammered the, the Mudrats in the submission. Look, if Hamish Bartlett's on, if Bryce Causley is on, Dougie Rowland's on, Maddie Palmer's on. Foggy. Uh, Foggy's bowling Foggy. well. Um, uh, Prasher got 50-odd against them three or four weeks ago when they played. If Nelson Bay can win the toss and bat first, Nelson Bay will win this game. The one thing I've found with Cardiff Bullaroo is they're very good batting first, but after spending 40 out in the field, they hasn't been the only run chases they've been really successful have been chasing short totals, 80, 90, 100, and bashing them in 15 overs. But that long haul chase, I just don't think, because they do play a very exciting brand of cricket, but they don't play, in my mind, 80 over cricket. And if, well, if I'm forced to give a tip, I think Nelson Bay will pull the upset here if we say that's an upset solely on the positioning on the ladder. I think there's a five-point break between sixth and seventh. Um, you've got to remember, Nelson Bay did have a lot of washouts at the start of the year too, where they didn't have the opportunity for three points. They shared points uh, where Cardiff Bullaroo and an exceptional facility there at Cardiff covers, drains well. Um, a lot of their home games, I'd be stunned if any of their home games have been washed out. Um, but yeah, I'll, look, I'll stick my neck on the line here. I think Nelson Bay. Skippers, over to you. This time, Rowan, you go first. Moxie's yeah, interrupted was, a couple of times, that, so I'll go with you. Does that mean so you're on the Nelson Bay payroll now? Well, it's community radio. It's volunteer. Um, <laughs> but, I didn't mean that, but the fact you selected Nelson Oh, Bay. no, no. Look, I fought a hard campaign a few years ago about that sort of stuff, so I should clarify. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, look, I'll, I'll look, any publicities, what they say, any controversy yep. crowds cats. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, on, from my perspective, Nelson Bay rolled us a couple of weeks ago and it was um, pretty much because of Hamish Bartlett with the bat and then it was Hamish Bartlett with the bloody ball. So um, if he plays, which I'm assuming he will, and they win the toss, they score about 220 and win with a leg in the air. How's that? Josh, that, yep. That no, good? Yeah, I, I agree. It's Nelson Bay, no caveats for me. They'll, they'll win this game and go on there. Dan, just before we go to Newcastle Chili Brothers, I'd love to talk about, particularly uh, with Josh here, about um, both of you were at and, and witnessed a guy who made his Sheffield Shield over there. So we'll go to the Summer Bash now before we go to Newcastle Chili Brothers, if that's okay. Um, because I think it's very important that we've been talking about how well the Rebels have gone and how they've developed in the last couple of years. 
Well, I'd love... It was an interesting game. The Rosellas won and won well, but certainly Michael Rippon hasn't done his reputation any harm with a absolutely brilliant performance with the ball. Take us through the game, guys. Um, over to you, Josh, and you, Dan. Dan commentated Josh out there in the middle with the C next to his name. Guys, talk us through it. Yeah, Josh, um, you take the lead here, mate. Yeah, well, I, I dare say Saunders probably got the stats up in front of me if he wants to talk about those things. But, uh, you know, for us as a uh, as a side, we've come together. You know, the competition's only three years old now. But speaking with Tucker and, you know, Roe was part of the first sort of campaign. We spoke about a five-year plan to sort of make the finals and be super competitive. So year on year and game on game, I think we, we really are getting better. And you know, some people might look good the performance on Sunday and think that we went backwards, but was a quarterfinal. We literally did play against the guys now in the New South Wales squad. So um, that is what it is. But yeah, as you touched on, Michael Rippon, fantastic performance of the ball in hand. Um, struggled a bit with the bat where our two marquees couldn't get Jeremy Noonan away. Um, one of them got badged and he said that's the first time he's been um, rattled by pace in a long time. So um yeah, and then from there, we just sort of had about our 20 overs and try and push to 100, and we couldn't. Uh, we sort of, you know, we've been realistic, probably knew that wasn't going to be enough, and then they were uh, halfway to our total in three overs, and we somehow managed to drag it out to 16. So, um, nails on the back of, of Ripper and Jesse Bellenden and uh, James Earl in particular, some fantastic bowling, just to tie the game up and, and drag it out. But, yeah. Um, was, Noonan, was Noonan pretty sharp? Did he let him go? Yeah, I got to face a couple. They were pretty sharp. Um, the one that, that badged um, Jeff from Sydney Career Club was relatively sharp, got in and quick. Um, but it's, it's good to play against that quality of players. And I've been saying that for a while now, you know, where we've come from in the past in Maitland and, you know, Rowan, all, all the sides that come from CNS, we haven't had that opportunity to for a rep side to come together and play against and, and even play with players of this calibre. Um, you know, last year we had Jack Attenborough, who played for... Um, the Prime Minister's eleven this year against the West Indies. Um, so to play play alongside those type of players is a fantastic opportunity. So for me, you know, I'm getting a bit long in the tooth. I'll probably stick around for a while yet at this level, but I'd love to see some young cricketers. We mentioned um, Ollie Knight from Warners Bay. Maybe you know next year he gets to go and play against and play with some of these players in the summer bash. So it's just fantastic to be a part of it, and hopefully next year we get past the quarterfinals into the semis. And Mitch, Michael Rippon, everybody, bowling to Aaron Wivell and Blake McDonald, neither of whom uh, uh, go, go lightly. Four overs, two maidens, one for 12. Jesse Mallon and two overs, one for four. Yes, they're T20 figures, but in the context of... We all thought the game would be over in six or seven overs, to be honest with you. When we were watching the last one, I was thinking, gracious me, McDonald's gone Burko, Wiv goes at a million miles an hour. And they pegged them back just through smart bowling. So, look, it's congratulations to everybody involved. Um, as Dan said, a couple of years ago, this side was dismissed for a paltry figure. And they fought back, fought back, played good cricket, won games of cricket, kept uni honest in a game where Andrew Harriet went absolutely, utterly berserk. And it keeps on being one individual that pushes and pushes and finds a way to beat the Rebels. That's face facts. That's the truth. Harriet doesn't get those runs. I mean, your run chase was brilliant. It's a credit to all of you. You should be very proud. There is no there is no shame in being beaten by that, Rosella side. Remember, they could be finishing first in NDCA this week. And it they've got they've got a guy who's just been, you know, in the New South Wales 12 this week. It's a pretty fair effort, I reckon. And I know I know this is our podcast, but I think you should you should all take a bow. You've done extremely well and developed the side and got it better and better. And that's the key. Yeah, now there's certainly been plenty of improvement. And, and touch on what Josh said, like anyone who thinks that they might have gone backwards, you've got to remember West finished first. They were the top seed in the quarterfinals. The Rebels were eighth. So it was basically you know, in a 15-team uh, competition, team one v team eight, if you're going by the ladder. Um, chock full there, that, that West team. Noonan was bowling very sharp. You know, he had um, Matthew Rogers, his first grade captain of Sydney grade cricket club, um, have not let balls go in a T20 game because they were just that extra yard. They were quite sharp. Um, West, plenty of talent there from top to tail. Um, but look, I, I could have been proud of the boys. I mean, you know, they sort of feel a bit like your, your, your kids because been there from day one. And um, you know, seeing the way that they held character in the field, because that Blitzkrieg and McDonald and Wivell 
which you could see coming, sitting up there in the, you know, in the ivory tower commentating the game. It was, it was like, you know, I don't want to be too harsh, but it was akin to watching a car crash. You couldn't look away, but McDonald and Wivel, it, it didn't matter where you put the fields because the park's just not big enough from there on. And um, that's no discredit to our fellas. That just stands a testament to how quality of cricketers they are. But the Rebels did excellent. They got the John Ball final uh, a week Sunday, which we'll talk about next week in more detail. But Josh, mate, well done to you leading the squad. Uh, well done, of course, to Ray Rutt managing the squad. The players, to make themselves available to play um, because it is extra cricket on top of you know, social cricket and with John Ball as well. So, mate, well done to everyone involved. Rowan, it, it, no, just before... If, so, sorry, Josh, you go, mate. You go. I was going to say, thanks, boys, for your kind words. It's 100% yeah, everything that, um, that you said I agree with. And, and just, again, I want to drive home. Ray Rutten has been the driving force behind that. So kudos to him. And just thanks to everyone at NDCO um, who have backed us and supported us to get this far. And, and particularly a shout-out. I doubt they're listening, but Sydney Cricket Club, um, without their help over the last couple of years, we probably wouldn't have continued to grow. So, um, yeah, that's it for me. Rowan, the boys have done themselves proud, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. I mean... I watched a bit of the live stream of the game against Merriweather last week and um, yeah, it was a great effort. And um, yeah, you know, Josh has done well with them, but I agree, you know, Ray Rutten's been the driving force behind it as he is with my own club team. So um, yeah, he's um, you know, lucky to have him involved, I think. I think all of Newcastle cricket is. There you go. And Maitland so, soccer. Yep. <laughs> oh, Maitland football, that's right, he's too. So just quickly, some of our semifinals this Sunday, Dan Saunders. Will be leading the commentary, ladies and gentlemen. The no, Pumas and the Sabres. He will be your sidekick. <laughs> no, no, no. You're the man. The Pumas and the Sabres at ten o'clock at number one. Then the Rosellas and the Magpies at half past one, and the finals at five. All three games live stream and commentated on. You'll hear the dulcet tones of D Saunders, ladies and gentlemen. And with what a perfect segue, again, Dan Saunders. Over to you, Newcastle Chili Brothers player oh. of the round. Okay, so round nineteen on the weekend, the final round in the I guess the season. Proper the preliminary rounds for divisions one to six because division seven playing round 20 and 21 in the next two weeks while the first two weeks of the four week final series for the other grades. Um, the Newcastle Chili Bros, proud sponsor of this segment. Um, it's certainly got people talking, and I'm sure after tonight it'll have people talking even more. So we'll uh, honor some report from uh, start again. We'll honor some performances from around the grounds across all divisions. I'm going to start with division six. Um, Nelson Bay, Warwick Hewitt scored 111 not out in Division 6, five fours and nine sixes. So well done to Warwick there for Nelson Bay. Uh, Martin Carl from Stockton, or Carlisle from Stockton. Carlisle. Carlisle. Seven overs, one maiden, five for 26. We've got a few wicket takers this week, which is a a nice change. But a Michelle Pfeiffer. And a Hattie. That wasn't that listed anywhere. wasn't aware that of that. So in, that includes much, a Hattie. Oh, that might have made a bit of a difference. Uh, an honourable mention. The, 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 someone, puts the fig, someone puts the figures in, so trust me. I Hattie. believe the seven overs, one maiden, five for 26 with a hat-trick. So well yeah. done, Martin. Um, honourable mention there. Shannon Weeks from Beresfield's got 101 and a runner ball with eight fours and one six. Well done to Shannon. In Division 5, Jared Williams from the Billy Goats, Sorrell the Billy Goats, batted the innings, openings with 104 not out. Nine fours and four sixes. Um, it's interesting figures. Ryan Kelso from Waratah Mayfield District Cricket Club. Five overs, no maidens, a five for five for seventy-three. Holy hell! <laughs> I feel like throwing in some sauce just for the sake. Of I, I'm, I'm wondering if a couple of those deliveries hit the shuttle, the shuttle train that was going from Newcastle and it changed to Talara. There on the Synthal Waratah, because that's what's happened. I was going to say, I think a couple of those sixes were called 12s. But five for 73 from only five overs. But well done to get those five wickets. Good to see the boys taking their catches. In Division 4, another honourable mention, Jeff Sutton. Sutto, um, a veteran of the Warners Bay Cricket Club. Five overs, no maidens, six for 20. Don't see many sixes in um, seven overs or eight overs side bowling. So well done there. To Sutto. In Division 2, Liam Muir from the Glendale Old Boys, five overs, 5.3 overs, one maiden, five for 19. And also in Division 2, Ben Ruffley from the Premier Hotel, seven overs, two maidens, 
five for 26. Now, we touched on Division One. James Pride from Merriweather. Seven overs, three maidens, five for 10. Uh, a sensational spell. He opened the bowling by left arm orthodox. The Cardiff boys have tried to go after him, and they've come off second best. Also in Division One, Hamish Bartlett from Nelson Bay scored 149, as we mentioned earlier, from 102 balls, a very honourable mention, 17 fours and six sixes. But he's been pipped at the post. This week's Newcastle Chili Brothers performance of the round goes to Zach Wells from the West Waterboard Division Two, who bowled six overs, two maidens, six for 15 in a victory on the weekend against 11 players in a must-win fixture. So Zach Wells, six for 15 from six overs from the waterboard in a very tough decision again, um, has taken out this week's Newcastle Chili Brothers, Sawdown Renners podcast, performance of the round award. So I'll get a hold of Zach um, through uh, social media. I'll get his number. And uh, he's won himself three bottles from the uh, Newcastle Chili Brothers source range. Of course, the... Uh, the mild, the hot, or the very, very, very spicy. <laughs> very good. Gentlemen, just about time for us to, to call it quits for tonight. Just want to first of all thank you both very much. And on behalf of Dan and myself, wish you all the very best of luck, not just this Saturday. I'm sure you'll want to be there at the, towards the end of March as well. But look, thank you both so much for your time. It's been wonderful having you on. So our privilege that you've come on. Best wishes this Saturday. Um, and the, everybody remains injury-free. And you have a wonderful game of cricket. But again, on behalf of both, thank you very much. Cheers, guys. It's good fun. Cheers, guys. So, no, that's about all I've got for tonight. Um, I will look forward to seeing you on Sunday. And I know you'll be around the grounds. I think you'll be a busy little Saundo on Saturday by uh, knowing you. Yeah, well, a game at Warners Bay, a game at Cardiff, a game at Carrington and a game at Hexham. I know I'll definitely get to Warners Bay and Cardiff. They're within... Uh, sparrows of each other. I would suggest I'll probably start at Connolly. Um, I'm not sure if I'll get out to Hexham because, um, yeah, I know the day I've got planned tomorrow evening um, may not allow for much driving on Saturday. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And how how Saturday nights uh, looking in the diary at present, I probably don't want to be too far away from uh, the centre of uh, things either. But um, I'll certainly be around. I'll make myself known, say good day. I'll be getting around to the, I guess, waterboard semi, wherever that is. I haven't looked that up in Division 2 uh, to get some chilli sauce to Zach Wells. Um, but, yeah, look, I know Renner's on here the half. But, look, Rowan, thanks so much for your time. Good luck on the weekend. Josh, always a pleasure, mate. Good luck to the Pythons. Um, it's, it's a shame one of you can't win this weekend. Um, but beware the teams uh, in the bottom half who are going to come up against one of you next weekend. And uh, the other team will enjoy next week's uh, week off. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sonda. And Sonda, I'm staying in Cardiff on Saturday night, so I might end up catching up with you at some stage, my friend. So oh, look out. no. <laughs> yeah, yes, sounds good to me. <laughs> sounds great. Gentlemen, take care. Look after yourself. On behalf of Sonda, Rowan and Josh, this is, my name's David Reed, and it's been our pleasure bringing you this podcast. You take care. Enjoy your cricket. We'll see you soon. Bye for now.